And here he is, having the time of his life. There's this big green It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that if... Melinda Brown Duncan, baby! If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumb ass, yeah. f***ing fool? Open your mouth like I give you this milk. Open your f***ing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole, and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learn quick, fast, and hurt. They call her Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. What? Yeah, it's, it's for real, for real, yeah. I've been drinking. You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much your take on your face. Bam, all upside his head, just slap him. They can make you slap somebody. This is terrible. This is the key. I had to take off my shoes and run. So kiss my black daughter, okay? Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. Who do I get? I was like a pick. Watching other guys that are doing what I want to be doing, and I'm sitting on the couch being a loser. Hey, it's Friday. Are you ready for the weekend? Yeah, it's the weekend. Let's go snowboarding, dude. Let's do that. Yeah, terrible. Dude, the weather. We, dude, it was just this week where we were like, yeah, it's probably over. Probably, we're probably done. And, and and here we are. The wind was worse than anything else. I will tell you this as you're getting up and uh, heading out. It's going to be, I don't know, be a little careful. Because right. you know how this is. You, you'll be like, oh, it's not that bad. You'll whip around a, you know, a corner. Next thing you know, you're sliding out. Yeah, I mean, definitely give yourself a little bit of time because you are going to have to brush your car off. No question about that. For sure, that. yeah. Um, but this snow is very much going to be treated like the first snow of the year. The last snow, much like the first snow, yeah. where it's like everybody's going to be like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Just be careful out there. That's, dude, the, that's one of the, my favorite things about my job. Is that I avoid like those rush hour traffic yeah, times. Yeah. Like I just do because dude, that stuff makes me absolutely crazy. Now I'm thankful for it. Otherwise, you people probably would never use Rick. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Pat Bull will be out of a job. So although now it turns out, dude, a lot of you guys are listening via like the Google Home Assistant mm-hmm. and the Amazon Alexa, which mm-hmm. by the way, dude, we're fully embedded in those things. Okay. So if you just say, Hey, Alexa, play Rock 1069, she'll pull it right up and play it for you. Okay. So like that's that's pretty cool. We, no, that uh, is. we we actually had a meeting about that earlier this week, and they showed me some numbers on that. And uh, dude, they they ran Fantone and I threw some numbers of how many people own those things and how many people are listening to them. And I'm all for them. I don't want one in my house, but I'm thankful you guys got them. I was gonna say, and I'm not gonna lie, there was some shucking and jiving. Keith Kennedy was snapping his fingers up here. He's like, "Don't look at this. Look over, over here. Look over here." Uh, but no, dude, those things are awesome. I couldn't be happier with my Google Home. Like, yeah, you have one. That's one of those things that uh, I I I got the Google Pixel XL2. So I got the phone, and I was like, "All right, this is sweet. I yeah, like this. I like those phones." And, and the guy told me, he's like, "Well." Hey, do you want this Google Home? He's like, I can just make this happen for you, baby. And I was like, Yeah, sure, give it to me. Drugs, and, first and, one's free. <laughs> and honestly, um, I love it, man. It's great that I can just use it. You know, obviously, to play music is great. It sounds really good. Um, but just having like being able to say like, Hey, Google, what was the score of the Cavs game last night, or whatever it is that I'm looking for? Hey, Google, you know, what are the Browns going to do with the with the first draft pick? Hey, Google, how fat am 
I going to get now that you're doing everything for me? <laughs> I don't have to do anything anymore. It is. It's awesome. And, like, honestly, that's one of those things that I think that maybe when tax money comes back or maybe once, like, I feel like I've, I've moved up in life. Um, you're going to upgrade. I'm, I, am, I feel like I'm going to incorporate. You're going to double down. I feel like I'm going to incorporate the whole home, dude. I, 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 I want to lean into it. I do. I want right. to lean into it. I got some old man, like, paranoia in Because <laughs> I know my phone's listening to me. Yeah, it is. I'm sure all the video game systems mm-hmm. that I have that are connected to the Wi-Fi, I'm sure all those things are listening to me. I'm sure my neighbors probably are spying on what's going on. You know what I mean? At the very least, they're smelling what's going on in there, buddy. They know. They know. They know. <laughs> there is a skunk problem in downtown Cano, Isle. We cannot figure it out. Strange. No, but like, I, but for some reason, I'm like, the, the, the smart speaker is where I'm like, nah, mm. I don't trust that thing. Now, here's the thing is the... It is listening at all times because all I have to do is say like, "Hey Google," and then it'll do whatever it wants. I mean, me I to was do. in the hallway and they had it in in the meeting room, and I from the hallway I just said, "Hey Alexa, play you know Rock 106," and sure enough, there it goes. Um, but what will happen is if I say Google a couple of times, it'll say, "I don't know. Why don't you ask me?" Like if I say to my girlfriend, "I don't know. We should Google that. We should figure that out. I bet you Google we could do that," and it'll be like, it, it, you know, it'll like chime in there, and it's a little bit like, "Oh, you are listening all the time," but your phone, your phone's already there. You know what I'm saying? And that's my comfort. I guess there's not much comfort in that, but it's like it's already in my pocket. So why am I why am I concerned that it's another device sitting there? Do we have a daily listener, David, who's like, "Dude, that's how I listen to you guys every morning is by one of those." I'm asking him right now which one he has. He okay. hasn't told he hasn't told me, but yeah. But see, I'm seeing what I'm saying. I guess, dude, there's a lot of people that have those. I don't know why, but it makes me nervous. But all new technology makes you nervous. Right. All new technology. As a matter of fact, next on the show, I, I, I have, we have the premiere date of something that we all used to use. Nobody uses it anymore at all. Right. But, it, but the price point of that when it first came out was crazy. We still have to talk to Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports. We'll do that at 7 o'clock today. Okay. And then Fantone actually lined us up a great interview for 9 o'clock. Dr. Tim Novelli from the Patriot Project, which remind everybody what that is. Uh, the Patriot Project, and this is all based around tomorrow night's Canton Charge game, which is Military Appreciation Night. But what the Patriot Project is, um, that is an organization based in North Canton, which is now gone nationwide. But uh, Dr. Tim Novelli was the guy who kind of started um, what this is, and he is a chiropractor. Ah. And what he does is he provides uh, free services to military members and their families and uh, essentially has started a nationwide movement amongst chiropractors where um, I, you know, he'll be able to give you the numbers of it, but where a ton of these guys and women are out there giving soldiers you know, that, that, that care that they need. And when you think about the stress of on your body that would come from going to war. You know what I mean? Oh, like God, yeah. I, you can only imagine. And you know, yeah. we, we look at the opioid epidemic and like, Oh my God, this is such a real problem. And then you look at how it's impacted soldiers. And you know, we talked about this the other day with uh save 22 guys. Um, it's a real problem there. So that these doctors are able to go out there, provide some sort of pain relief and not have to put these Good soldiers on pills. I think it's a great thing. So I'm uh, very, very happy to have him on tonight. So they're, uh, they're teaming up with the charge, right? He's kind of yeah. teaming up with the charge. Yeah. 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 The uh, military appreciation night, uh, uh, you know, the Patriot project is a big partner in that. So tomorrow night we will have the civic center just lined to the, you know, to the walls with American heroes. So, I mean, it's a great time. What time does that game start tomorrow? Seven, I believe. Okay. Seven, I believe. All right. I'm going to try to make that happen. Yeah, I'm going to try to make that stuff happen. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to try to make that one happen. We'll talk to Munch at seven o'clock. We'll talk to Dr. Tim Novelli at nine o'clock, seven thirty. Thirty seconds to Mars tickets. Eight thirty, we'll hook you up with charge tickets. And then nine o'clock, the big one. A trip out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. A piece of technology that we were all reliant on. 
came out on this day in 1983. We'll tell you which one next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Ron live for you at WRQK.com. We'll be passing out 30 seconds to Mars tickets at 7.30. And at 9 o'clock, we'll be sending you to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. We'll also be talking to Dr. Tim Novelli from the Patriot Project at it's 9 your, o'clock. It's your last chance to get hooked up with that trip, huh? Yeah, that's this the week. Day. Yeah, no, yeah, today. today. That's today's Friday. I keep today. forgetting today's Friday. Oh, Clint Parker told you, dummy. Come on. I, <laughs> we are not paying attention to Clint. I, I was not. I was not. Did not have my Clint ears on. So apparently today, March the 2nd, yeah. 1983. Yeah was the first time that the compact disc and compact disc players were on the U.S. market. I saw this, and I thought that this was interesting. CDs are older than I am. Wow. Now, most people probably didn't own them until the mid-90s. Like, this is, you know what I mean? Um, I'm trying to remember. Well, I I don't know what year, because I can't remember what year they came out. But I got my CD player and Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 from my brother for Christmas. So whatever year that, like, when those records were really big, 1991 probably. Right. They, like, when I got Use Your Illusions 1 and 2 from Guns N' Roses on CD for Christmas, they were still in the long cardboard box yep. that CDs yep. used to come yep. in. Like, that's how old that was. Yeah, I can remember. I think it was very much the same where my parents got me a CD player, and then I probably got some CDs from my brother. Yeah, and like I, t- I totally remember those. The long you know, cardboard yep. box. Yep. And so... The Sony CDP-101 compact digital disc player on March the 3rd, 1983, would have cost you $1,500. Like, a lot of money. All right. It's a lot of money now. Like, I was in... All right, so I went to Dick's yesterday. I know. Oh, my God, you did? But, like, I went to Dick's yesterday, and I ended up buying... I I bought a demo sandwich, but while I was in there, I was like, well, let's take a look at some irons. And they had the new Titleist AP, AP irons, the ones that I want. And I was looking at them, and I like I hit one. I was like, "Man, I really like these." And the guy says to me, "He's like, well, we'll do a full fitting. They'll cost you about a thousand bucks." And I was like, "It's a thousand dollars." And right then, I was like, "Nah, dude, I'm done. That's a thousand dollars." A comma in a number. All of a sudden, you're like, "Yeah, I don't know." Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. So in 2018, for something to be a thousand fifteen hundred is a lot of money. In 1983's money, right? Especially for something that you didn't know was going to take off. At this point, you were very much like, I don't like, know. I know it's, I'm going to use the golf clubs. Right? right. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't know CD players were going to dominate for the next decade plus. There, at that point, you were just like, I don't know. It's new technology. This is, if I'm, and I thought about this. If you ask me, the CD is the best medium we've had for music ever. Ever. Better than streaming. Are you, are you saying physical device where it's like better than a tape? I'm in a weird situation here because okay. I know my company wants me behind streaming, streaming because of iHeartRadio, <laughs> right? Right. And don't get me wrong. It is fantastic. But as far as music ownership went, okay. I think it was the best physical product we ever had because it gave you... LPs were great. 
back in the day because it was like, oh, man, the artwork and the inner sleeves and all this, right? And then tapes were kind of small, and you had to fast forward and rewind and this and that. And even the LP, you had to move the needle and here. Well, yeah, I mean, there was an improvement, I feel like, every step of the way there. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand the vinyl obsession, the vinyl fetish that goes on in America right now. Um, but, yeah, when you got cassettes and it was like, dude, you can rewind this. Like, oh, my God, you can, like, you can, you can, you can, yeah. you can do those different things. And then CD, you could skip. I mean, those were all steps forward. But you the artwork still felt like, and the cassette it was like a little too small. It was like it had to yeah. fold all up. Where it, I, I, this sounds crazy to because I know there's a lot of millennials listening now, maybe even younger, and you're like, what? Who cares? Because you just don't care about that stuff anymore. But back in the day, you cared about the artwork and you cared about you know lyric sheets inside of it, and. Well, maybe it was just me because I was a little bit of a nerd, music nerd. Yeah. Maybe I mean, maybe, maybe. No. But I will tell you, and dude, I blame MTV for all of this. You know what else was going on in the CD era and even the tape and LP era is there was mystery in those artists. Once MTV went, and it wasn't even the videos. Everybody thinks it was the music videos. For me, it was something else. Once they took those cameras and started to go into rock stars' houses and showed you cribs, it was over. It was over. The entire growing up process was listening to Motley Crue going, I wonder what Nikki Six is doing right now. Right. I wonder what his house is like. I wonder what this looks like. And all of a sudden, you had to read magazines, and it was just like little pieces of information. There was so much imagination that went into your music listening back then, where now everybody knows everything about everything. There's a new song by an artist out every 62 hours, and it's just, it's not as special. And as a matter of fact, I once worked with a sales manager at, at another rock station who told me she felt like the drug culture follows mu- music culture. Like, look, in the 70s when LPs were ruining the world, what was really big? The weed. The weed. And then now all of a sudden, because, you know, you broke it up, and on, you had a big LP, you had a rolling surface, and this and that. And then when CDs came out, what, what was really big? Cocaine. And so what were you doing on the, you know what I mean? I was like, when she laid it out for me like that, I was like, wow, you're, you're <laughs> you know, you're kind of right. But I think CDs were the best physical musical form we ever had. And I miss them. I miss, I like, I, I know I sound like I'm 300 years old right now, but I miss going into a record store. And having a dude who kind of knew musically, and when I was buying something, he would be like, dude, if you like that, you might like this. Like, I miss that. I, like, I don't know if all things go in cycles, but if they do, I, the resurgence of physical musical copy, I would be a huge fan of. I know everybody in a band would, too, because you'd have to buy it. But I, uh, I would actually be a really big fan of that. I, I miss the CD quite a bit. I think it was the best musical form, physical musical form we've ever had. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. We'll talk to Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports, coming up at 7 o'clock. Also, 9 o'clock, send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. This is your final day on that, by the way. So, um, I have a uh, very interesting tweet. From the president of the United States, not to me. Okay, like, I was gonna say, damn. No, 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 no. He's uh, he's not, he's not talking to me. But apparently, Alec Baldwin came out and said it's become, or it became like a chore or whatever to play the president while being on Saturday Night Live. And I could see that. I could. I mean, I'm interested to know why. 
because, I mean, it was very popular. Right. Like, I mean, people seem to really like it. I mean, I wonder if there was a little bit of, like... You know how sometimes in an entertainment position, you don't get like, well, I guess this is an Alex Baldwin, or Alex Baldwin getting pigeonholed. This is like, I guess him just getting stuck, sucked up into something that got so big. It was like, dude, I, I didn't even want to really do this. And now all of a sudden, this is like the defining thing of who I am. I guess I can just see how it'd be like, yeah. So Trump now tweeting out, he has since corrected some of this, but Alex Baldwin who's dying, misspelled, mediocre career was saved by his impersonation of me on SNL, now says playing DJT was agony for him. DJT! Alex, it was also agony for those who were forced to watch. I'll insert right here. Nobody's forced to watch SNL. You were terrible. Bring back Daryl Hammond. Much funnier and a far greater talent. Dude, you were terrible is awesome. Like, there's something awesome about that. He is the greatest tweeter of all time. He is. He is the greatest tweeter of all time. I uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, take the Twitter away from him. Nah, leave Never. Him. Just give it to him. Never. Dude, I'd give him 300 characters. <laughs> I want him to have more. His tweets are great. I'm hesitant to say what I want to say right now. I have a hot take on the president. I have a very hot take on the president. Right. Well, things aren't necessarily going the best right now for the president. No. And 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 I'm not trying to be like, oh, look at this libtard over here just saying Donald Trump sucks. Because I have very, very much tried not to be that person. Um, but over the past week, things have just been tough for the guy. And it's crazy to see him... Well, you this know, is this is deflection. This right, is what I mean, he does. I, I guess you're yeah, not crazy, this, but this like, is what he does. It, it's like every the world's falling apart, and you're tweeting about Alex Baldwin. So, like, what, what does that lead you to? What do you think's happening here? So, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this this from a conservative, Ben Shapiro. All right, so you don't think that this is coming from me. In the past 48 hours, Trump has suggested removing the Second Amendment rights without due process, a massive tariff on what would likely launch a trade war, and death penalty for drug dealers. And then Ben calls that, wow, that's bad. And I would agree that those those things ultimately yeah, are bad. So I have a hot take here, right? You got the Jared Kushner, like, they removed his security clearance, uh-huh. that whole thing. Hope Hicks, which I think is, like, what, the third communications director that's quit in a year? The third, I think it's the third communications director. Right. One position. The laundry list of names of people that have either been indicted or have left that position or been fired is long, Right. And like, as a matter of fact, if that was a radio station staff, if if this if Rock 106.9 fired that many people in a year, you'd be tweeting at me every day asking me if this radio station was in trouble, right? So like, if we make it a business, the business would look in trouble. Now that's what I thought he was going to do was run the country like a business. Well, so far the business is in trouble. Like, there's no more denying it now. He's in free fall. Oh, he's there's in, the nine. Oh, there's the nine. My oh, friend. he's in free fall. Make no mistake. He is in free fall. Just as bad as the overreaction of some people on the left exists. I, I acknowledge that. The denial of people, of his most adamant supporters, is just as real. That's scary. That's scary. If this thing ends with removal of position for Donald Trump... Okay. Everybody talks about his ego. The ego, the ego, the ego, right? And I agree. I think he does. I think he has a pretty significant ego. Yeah, I and think, I think you have to to get that job. You have to have a pretty significant ego to get this job. To get to the level he did in real estate, you do. To get to the level he did in celebrity life, you do. And to be to get to the level in politics, you do. So yes, he has ego, and I don't I don't fault him for that. 
he thinks he's having like the best first year of ever, of any president ever. Like I legitimately think he believes it. If they end up removing, and I don't know if they will or can or what, but if they remove him from power, hot take, I think the boy takes a header off for Trump Tower. Jeez. I don't think he can. Honestly, dude, I don't think he'll be able to take it. I really don't think he'll be able to take Jeez. it. I don't want it. I don't want it. But I think yeah. it's the one variable in the Trump story nobody ever talks about. Where if we get, if God. they get what they want, which is removal of power for him, I don't think you can put it past that kind of person to maybe go that far with it. Wow. Now, maybe, now, I don't know. Now, maybe what a psychologist would tell me is that the ego's so strong, can't do it. Maybe that's true. So, uh, you can make an argument. But I started thinking about it this morning on my way to work. I was like, dude, this thing is in full-blown tailspin. And if they remove him from power... I mean, dude, didn't like half the staff lose their security clearance this week? Yeah, I mean, a significant portion of people did. And sources close to the White House this morning saying the other half of the staff so desperate to get out, they're all looking for jobs. Yeah. Like, dude, that's not good. I mean, dude, it's a, it's a logical end to a fall from grace. I guess I can't I can't deny that. But man, oh man, that was kind of in the hot take, Phil. It's buddy. very that, Skip Bayless. Wow. wow. It's very wow. Skip Bayless, and I'm not predicting it. I'm saying I think that there is a chance for it. Certainly not hoping for it. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Again, I don't hate the president. Much like I like this is the one truth of the Donald Trump presidency that I told you would be true before he was elected. That if he should win, that for Daniel John Sansbury, my life's not going to be all that different. As a matter of fact, my life isn't all that different. So I really have no skin in the I have to hate him game. I really don't. I don't hate him. I can take issue with it. I can I can be like, well, that's not great. I wouldn't have done that, and I probably wouldn't have said that. But my Skip Bayless take is I don't think it's good. And if the if and it's a huge if. A lot of ifs in that sentence, John. Only one if in that sentence, Jude. But it's a big if. But if removal of power happens, I think it's downtown New York, gold building, gold Yeesh. gold loafers, Yeesh. one step too many off the helicopter deck, and it, you know, right off the helipad he goes. I, I maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Am I is what is what I just said illegal? I don't know, dude. I don't know. When are we going to break soon? Alexa, am I going <laughs> to jail? Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports, next on the Stansbury Show. The Stansbury Show. I have got Get in on this. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Ray Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll send you out to Los Angeles coming up at 9 o'clock for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. This one will do that, 9 o'clock. This is the final day on that, by the way. Yeah. you got multiple opportunities today, but your first one is at 9 o'clock. We do it every Friday at 7 o'clock. We talk to my good buddy, my first boss in the business, as a matter of fact, Mark Munch Bishop. Weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports 1350 everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. And Munch, I have to ask you, Dorsey saying that he might be willing to trade the first pick in this year's draft. Are you buying it? You know what, bro? I do not. At first, uh, I'm thinking, oh, my God, what's he talking about? He dropped on us. Uh, most of the fans, <laughs> again, they're only fans. You think like a fan, you sit in the seats with them. It was mutiny, pure and simple. The more I listen, though, to me, it was almost tongue-in-cheek to the point, I'll do anything it takes, anything to make this team better. No, I'm not buying it, Dan. 
Um, you know, Munch, I, I think when it comes down to it, the Browns fans are certainly, what do I want to say here, going to riot in the streets if they don't use that number one draft pick. That may happen. And, and, and I think it all boils down to if, if the Browns believe their guy exists in the draft, that it's certainly, you know, you have to use that number one draft pick on it. You can't wait and hope that he's going to be that for him, whether that's Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, or whoever it is. Um, I think that's the real question we're all asking ourselves. Um, I've seen so many numbers coming out of the combine and, and and then I see like guys aren't you know performing in the combine. Does the combine ex- matter nearly as much as it used to? Absolutely not, guys. It's the underwear Olympics. Okay, wow. Stansbury and Fantone look pretty good, but guess what? Munch even looks better. But can he play? Guys, <laughs> I've always said this: is that it's to tell how big a guy really is. I mean, come on, all these programs and you, you buy a program when you go to a game to see the rosters and the lineups. Heck, I think I told you in high school. I know my son. Uh, the first three years was. 5'8", 160, they had him at 5'10", 185. Jeez. And, uh, you know, they both get But here's the thing, though. It's the psychological testing, too. And, and some of it's bizarre. Like, if you told me, I mean, you'll pull the wings off a butterfly? Yeah. Well, I want him to play defense for me, you know? On the other hand, it's like, you know, do you kill small animals? Absolutely not. I mean, come on. You know, I step on ants, too, just to let you know. But here's the thing. If you come off, how can I say this? Like a D-bag. Right. then that is warning signs. Those are flags flashing. Guys, no, it's, it, it, it's a big party. It's a party. They're seeing, you know, size of guys, how big they really are. And let me ask you this, guys. I have never, ever seen a bench press on the 40-yard line in a football game, okay? have not. have not seen it. No. <laughs> it's a good call. They should add that, <laughs> you know, before you take a time out. me on that. <laughs> So let me ask you, Munch, the Browns are saying they're probably going to get an answer on Joe Thomas soon. Um, I think it's all about the quarterback. I feel like if he thinks that they get a quarterback that's worth it for him to wake up every day and go do it, he's coming back. If they don't, he's out. What's your take on this? Oh, there's no doubt that he is. You know, needs to win, wants to win, needs is more important right now. I do know this was with them at the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards, and I don't know who, who the cat was. You know what I mean? I, I thought it was like some dude flying in, flying in from L.A. for the awards. He started to put on a little weight, which is, I mean, not a bad thing, because most guys, if they're in, you know, they know what they're doing with their bodies, they get hurt, they immediately cut back. I mean, you can't be eating two 32-ounce cowboy ribeyes for dinner if you're not working out, you know? Right. So there's that there, too. But again, here's the tricky part. Joe said he'd let them know. By the 13th of March, why? 14th is free agency. But come on, it's Joe Thomas, uh, the GOAT, the left tackle, Hall of Fame Cleveland Browner. You know that he's in contact with these guys, and they're just saying, hey, here's what we're looking at, here's what we're thinking of doing, and we're going from there. Now, I will say this. If Kirk Cousins is a guy, and I could give you 99 and 9 tests that he's not, just because, I mean, now he's up to $33 million for a team like the Browns, then that would be the only time. I may trade the number one overall. But guys, stop this nonsense. Every year we avoid taking not only the best player in the draft, but the quarterback of the future, the quarterback that you're going to take a deep breath and build your team on. But uh, Thomas will be very, very important with all this selection. As, as the Browns look towards that you know, quarterback of the future, um, I think one of the concerns I have with Joe Thomas, if, even if he does come back, that's a shutting window. There's no question about it. I mean, the soon. guy has put forth a storied career, but yeah, that window is going to shut, and it's going to shut soon. Um, is there any offensive lineman in that top four talent rotation that the Browns should be looking at right now? Oh, bro, you know, I can't take I might take one at four. You know who he'd be? He would be the uh, the tackle for Notre Dame, and you asked me to. I've only had a half a cup of coffee 
too. I, I don't. Your fans always say, "Oh yes, it's caffeine time." Much with us. <laughs> this is natural because you guys fire me up. But uh, there's a cat for Notre Dame that definitely, uh, and the dragon, she won't be there at 33. You know, but left tackles are very, very important. But you, but you take a backup at the fourth pick overall. I would have to say no because again, it's a bad team. The guys in the first round need to make an impact this year. The first three rounds, the first two days of the draft, they've got to start. We're talking to Mark Munch, Bishop Munch on sports. Munch, I got one Cavs question before I let you go. Yes, so J.R. Smith was um, he was suspended one game for I guess activity detrimental to the team. Do you have any idea what that might have been? Because with oh, Jr., I you knew, never know. I knew you had to ask me that too. Sure. Okay, yeah, he, he was not too happy. He was told by the coaches that Rodney Hood was going to get a little bit more of his time. It wasn't so much uh, you know aimed at Rodney if it was me taking some of his time. So uh, there was some shouting going on. Okay. And then afterwards, he decided to calm down a little bit. Probably should have killed the way he did. So that's all I'm going to say. All right, there we go. I, that's <laughs> what I figured. I figured it was it was about playing time. And competitive just, dudes being exactly, competitive. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured if it was any more than that, the story would have actually broke. Like, we would yeah, have heard no, what actually he, happened. That's Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports. Catch him weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports 1350 on our show every Friday at 7 o'clock and everywhere free on the iHeartRadio app. Thanks again, Munch. We'll talk to you again next Friday. Love you guys. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have 30 seconds to Mars tickets. They're playing June 16th. Blossom, we'll get you hooked up here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625 is the number you need on those. You can find 30 seconds to Mars also on iHeartRadio, where all your favorite music, all your favorite stations are all free. With the free iHeartRadio app, you type in the name of an artist you like, get a station full of their biggest hits and similar artists just for you. Songs handpicked by real people, fellow music fans like ourselves. You'll thumb songs up or down, and then we'll personalize the station to fit you better. Give you more stuff that you like. It's that easy. Type a name of an artist you like. We'll go to work. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations. It's all free. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. So, in the wake of a Jackson Township boy taking his, um, well, shooting himself in the bathroom at a school taking his life we've heard now since that there was plans for him to commit acts of violence at the school so jackson township police chief mark brink addressed the media and he said i believe this is a strong community we have good people in this community we need to come together like we've never come together before one thing we absolutely need we need parents to become parents we need them to lock up guns we need them to check their kids social media see what they're up to See what their plans are. The chief said he made it clear he was not just speaking specific to this case, but in other cases in Sark County involving young people as well. He continued, we need to come together and we need to find solutions, not try to point fingers and find fault. We all have a responsibility in this. We all have something we can do to make our school safer and to make our community safer. I'd agree. Yeah, this, I mean, it's just, it's very broad stroked. I just, yes, I mean, I guess we all have a responsibility in it. It's just saying we need parents to be parents is very easy. Yeah, what what are the, what do we need to do? Right, enough, enough, enough of like that. Enough platitudes. I mean, it's like we all got there. Action, what do we need to do? I mean, we okay. all got there. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't want to rake them over the coals. No, I know you're not trying. It's I'm not, not trying to attack him. It's just I, I'm ready for this conversation to move forward, and. I know what some of you are thinking right now. Well, dude, you're a voice of the community. Move it forward. 
I, what I need is I need suggestions from people whose job it is to give me these suggestions. Because I don't know what they are. People want to ban backpacks. I'm not wild about that one. I do think metal detectors at the front doors of schools is probably a good idea. For what, for the for the fact that every retail store has them, the fact that schools don't is crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who should be coming up with this plan because I don't want this to be like a federally mandated thing necessarily because I think that individual school districts are going to have individual needs and they're going to have to do that. But I really would like some kind of like a set like, hey, this is the minimum requirement of what we expect out of schools when it comes to safety and kids. And like, you're right. And if that if, if that's if that's the incorporation of metal detectors or if that's the incorporation of, you know, an officer on every, you know, on, on every campus or whatever it is i mean like it just needs to be something more than like well we all got to do better because yes i mean we all do but how you know we used to have health class in this country is it time for a mental health class in high school oh yeah i think that should be a huge part of this conversation and as everybody's so like well you can't take away guns we can't have anything to do with that you know it's a mental health problem how do we address that and dude i think opening up resources for school counselors to you know i don't want to say is every kid gonna have to go through like a depression evaluation or you know but i mean should there almost yeah. be a group therapy session for every grade I, 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 I don't know what those steps are, but yes, something needs to be there. And like, I would like to think that with everything that's happened recently and, you know, there's been this huge, big anti-bullying movement that's been going on for the past five plus years. Has that made a difference? Would that make a difference? You know what I'm saying? Would that group therapy session or would that individual time you have with a counselor, would that well, make a difference? What's going to happen is you're going to have parents who don't believe in therapy who are going to be like, you're not doing that to my kid. And I would admit that you're getting into a weird territory there because are we going to get very qualified, you know what I mean, right. health professionals with what with, with the budget schools have? I don't know. And I know, I know money is the mover of all things, and I'm not trying to be ignorant to that or naive to that. But man, oh man, do we have to decide as a people that this is worth money? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't want abuse of it. I don't want, you know, oh, government fat cats are lying in their pockets with the money. It's not what I'm saying. But man, oh man, do we as a country need to come together as the richest nation on the planet and decide, all right, man, we, we got to cough up a little extra to, to protect these kids. I mean, school is a place of education. It's where you go to learn things. I could make the argument, and I think I'm right about it, that much more important for you to be educated and aware on the pitfalls of being mentally unstable or being, or, or I should say, or the advantages to being mentally well and, and, what, and what the challenges of all that are than you ever will of who the general was of the losing right. faction of the Civil War. You don't need to know that. Google will tell you that. Uh, uh, yes, I I, I, under, I understand your point. I, I don't think those necessarily have to be. It doesn't have to be a zero sum game. You know what I'm saying? Those it, those ideas don't have to be in conflict. You no, know, some each history's other. good. I'm not saying that. But I know. I, I, but I think it's. I mean, th right? I mean, if we used to run health class and we had to stop doing it because we couldn't talk to kids about sex, which is crazy, and then look what happened with that. I think a mental health class probably isn't the worst idea. I think that's going to be a part of the problem, though. Is that number one? Any scientific report I can come at you with you're going to be able to find a conflicting one that's like, nope, 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 you can't do that. And I think a lot of the ideas that are going to go into that mental health class or at least mental health care of like, should schools have a bigger role in making sure kids aren't going through this? I think any any idea that comes down that pipeline is going to be perceived as 
government's trying to tell me what to do. The government's trying to tell my kid what to do. They're brainwashing my kid. I think at least on some level, that's that, that, a, a lack of faith in that. People aren't going to have, aren't going to trust in it, so it's not going to work. Yeah, there's truth in that. A guy just sent me this. I'm trying to make sense of it. I, I, apparently, this is he. He has. I, I think it's daughters that go to this school. But apparently, third, fourth, and fifth graders are invited to participate in the group at Sandy Valley Elementary. Participating students will dress for success every Wednesday, starting April 11th through May 16th. They'll have an after-school meeting each of those days. The meetings will be from three to four forty-five. At these meetings, students will be learning skills that will prepare them for the future. These skills including learning good manners, practicing civility, learning about respect, having fun, positive interactions with other students, which I think is massively important. Massively important. Our expectations is that students will use these skills that have that they have learned at these meetings during the school day. There will be a, you know an activity at the end of the six weeks to demonstrate the skills they have learned. More details are are to come. But they're gonna. But they're also going to dress for success. Like the, you know, they're going to like the boys are going to wear ties and like they're going to dress right. Like, and I think there is something to that. Um, but yes, I think teaching life skills is so important, and we're falling down on it. We're falling down on it in our homes. We're falling down on it in the schools. So, how much of that is the school's job to pick up? As parents don't don't fill that gap anymore. And I know you can say, well, I'm a good parent. Well, that's fine. Mm. But, but is your neighbor necessarily a good parent? Because you as a good parent are going to feel like, well, my, my, the school shouldn't be teaching my kid that because I've done that. But it's like, well, if, if your neighbor's not doing that, where does that school have, where's the line? I would think now parents would go, okay, maybe I am doing it, but what's going on? Instead of worrying about sending my kid to the school, if these are, if this I, is going to help that, maybe maybe a little redundancy in, in, in teachings isn't the worst idea. I, I can only imagine after hearing everything that came out yesterday, and you know, I know I know the the police chief went on to talk more about what the student you know had planned to do and all these different things. Being a parent in that situation of if your kid went to that school, if your kid went to Jackson, I can only imagine how hard it was to sleep last night knowing what could have been oh dude i told you i mean i talked to that woman in the sauna at the gym who was just like she was terrified i um i i and i'm not gonna go too deep into this but i know somebody who is related to two somebodies who is related to the student who ended up killing himself and i know it's very easy right now to jump up and down and say like pure evil and blah 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 but man i just feel for that family too like they I, lost a kid they lost a kid and that kid it made a terrible decision. There's no question about it. But that kid decided not to shoot anyone else. He did. At the end of the day, he had that gun there. He walked out of that bathroom with it. And yeah. then he walked back back in and shot himself. And I, I'm I'm not trying to stand up. I, I, but it's just it's just such a complex. No, it's thing. not easy for them. Right. It's just, it's just not. I mean, there's there's a child dead. That's not easy for them. I mean, dude, my brother had a child who who lost their life. And let me just tell you. Dude, very few things will rock a human being like that. My brother's one of the strongest people you will ever meet in your life, both physically and mentally. Both, both, both physically and mentally. My brother's one of the strongest people I've ever known in my life, and that broke him. It broke him in half. And the work that he and his wife had to do to keep that marriage together and healthy through that was something that I've, like, honestly, that I just marvel at. And I respect the hell out of both of them because it's something that no parent should ever, ever, ever ever have to go through it's unnatural they're supposed to bury you not the other way around and watching that i i'm with you on that because again people just like people just like to demonize but they but there are people who like 
miss their son, you know what I mean? And like have their family member not with them. And that's hard on them. It's, it's a tough situation. I, I've been saying it many, many times throughout all these, you know, school situations and these shootings is that there is no one solution. We're going to have to borrow a little bit from everybody's ideas and start to move forward. Everybody. And again, I was a little guilty of this too, blaming ah Instagram. And I kept blaming kids being on their phones too much. You know why kids are able to be on their phones as much as they are? Because you are on your phone as much as you are. Do as I say, do as I do is much better. Like, I I think you should get off your phone maybe a little bit more and start spending some more time with them, both phones and everybody's pocket. That's a little judgmental coming from a guy who's not raising a kid, but we're all just going to deal with that. We have 30 seconds to Mars tickets. They're playing in June out at Blossom. We'll send caller 17 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back with more Stansberry Show. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll talk to Dr. Tim Novelli from The Patriot Project. It's Military Appreciation Night tomorrow night with the charge? Indeed it is. Tomorrow night, uh, Canton Civic Center is the place. Going to be honoring a ton, and I mean a ton, of American heroes. Uh, but Dr. Tim Novelli from the Patriot Project going to come on, explain what the Patriot Project is, how it helps out, you know, uh, veterans and their families, and, uh, you know, kind of spread that good word. So, we look forward to that. Mom. Also, 9 o'clock, we'll send you to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. The battle between smokers and non-smokers is ongoing. Okay. And um, as a non-smoker, I, this one kind of feels a little bit, even though I feel like you got a legitimate point, I feel like this argument's a little bit like, teacher, you forgot to give them homework. Okay. Where non-smokers feel like they should get more vacation time or vacation days because of all the times smokers are outside of the workplace smoking cigarettes versus being in the building smoking. Now, like again, I said they have a legitimate point here. There's a legitimate bitch here. All right. Now, I believe in small breaks at work to relieve stress. I don't right. think you should be smoking because I think smoking's terrible for you. I quit five years ago and you should do. It is terrible for you. But I believe removing yourself from a stressful situation a couple of minutes, take a couple of minutes for yourself, maybe with some like-minded coworkers, talk trash about the boss, ultimately probably not the worst idea in the world. Right. Okay? But, and this, full disclosure, I hate one of the people that smokes in this building. <laughs> full disclosure, I effing hate him. Get it. Hate him. Get it. Hate him, hate him, hate him. <laughs> hate him. And he's out, and, and he's constantly outside smoking cigarettes. Constantly, so much so that he was telling my boss, "Boss, Stansberry left early yesterday," and I like got yelled at because a grown-up was complaining about the fact that I left early. And I kept saying, "Well, if he wasn't in the parking lot smoking cigarettes, he would have had no idea I left early." So maybe each his own. You kind of stay in your corner. You get lung cancer. I'll go to the driving range. Everybody wins. I don't know how you calculate how much time you will get. And non-smokers, let me tell you all you're going to get out of this. I don't think they're going to give you any more time away because because smokers work where you work. Instead, what this will be, this will be you are no longer permitted to smoke cigarettes between the hours which you are here at work with us. Our company already. You're not allowed to smoke on the property. Like... 
technically there's a workaround if you want to smoke in your car. But you're not allowed to like smoke outside, standing outside of the building here and just stand there and smoke cigarettes. So I think you're going to see, I don't think you're going to get vacation days. I think you're just going to watch your company get stricter on the people who are smoking cigarettes. And now your coworkers are just going to hate you. Yeah, I mean, as as your boss or the corporation looks at this, yeah, that's the much... That's the move. It's the easier move. Well, easier and more beneficial to us. To everyone, right. Yeah, me giving you more time away doesn't help the bottom line. Me getting them back in here certainly does. Um that's the easier fix. I mean, I understand what you're saying of like, you know, you take breaks at work and you kind of, you know. Now, I, the thing I will say is, listen, non-smokers, you can get off the high horse of like, dude, I'm just in here working so hard. Because you're not. Because you're not. You're on Facebook. Right, so you're on so Twitter. Do smokers you, you get the are. time back that you're on Google or on Amazon shopping? But they're doing the same thing. That's all kind of a wash to me because it's like you can't tell me, oh, smokers aren't sitting there on Facebook. They're just sitting there just as I'm much as I am. I'm Facebook so I can Marlboro Light instead. Yeah, come yeah. on, come on, come on. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's just not that, the case. That's not happening. I, dude, this is one of the things I really miss about smoking. Like, I really do miss that at work, like the camaraderie, going outside, like taking that minute away from everything. I do. It, it's something I, I 100% miss about, about it. This isn't the best building for that, but I get what you mean. Like, like there's not a lot of camaraderie. Well, in the smoking outside. But would there be if you and I were both cigarette smokers again and it was you and I out there and then we got the other people in the building that smoke and you know there's a couple of them that there's that one I really that, do like. There's one that we we dislike, but there's there's a couple of them that we really do like. And would that turn into By dislike, all of a sudden, he means hate. <laughs> then all of a sudden does it turn into you know, hey, there's a vibe here. Like, I don't want to say cigarette smoking is good for like company morale, but like, I don't know, it kind of is. It's bad for their health insurance plan. Sure. It's bad for their health sure. insurance plan. That much I know. I know it's bad for that. Man, if we all sit around and vaped together. Ah, uh, dude, again, <laughs> another study just came out the other day. Another one that just came out the other day. It said, dude, everything you're breathing in and all that stuff is so toxic. Yeah, and, and vaping is another, like, you can't smoke cigarettes outside. You can't vape either. No, you're like, not you allowed to do that You can't just stand there with your vape pen and, and do but it. But they will let you smoke in your car. They're really, I think, what our company was more worried, and I don't know. I'm the, Again, let me speculate. But I think it was more about the stuff on the ground, right? The yeah. cigarette butts on the ground than yeah. they were anything else. And I think that was more our boss than our corporation. I think our boss said enough is enough. Really? One of the... Um, oh, I didn't know that. Around the building, there's like this like this like moat almost, this like drainage system, and it got clogged up, and it got clogged up with cigarette butts. And I think that was like, that's enough. That's the end of it. I'm not dealing with it anymore. Well, that's a pretty decent place to yeah. draw the line. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? If you're flooding the parking lot... But like... I mean, look back at, like, bar nights, and you know what I'm saying? Like, bar nights 10 years ago when you were still smoking, there was something about going outside with those people standing on the patio, smoking oh, yeah. cigarettes and laughing, and like, man, I, oh, I, mean, dude, I miss it. Dude, the, the non-smoking inside killed a lot of bars. I mean, it killed a lot of bars. There's no doubt about that. Um, I will say when I drive past smokers in the freezing cold, though, and you're like shaking and you're just like, no, I'm not cold, man. I'm not cold, man. And you're just like, you're like miserable trying to get that hit of that cigarette in. I do kind of laugh and go, dude, it's so much better on the other side. It is so much better on this side of that of that issue. But you're not going to get more vacation days. They're just going to tighten down on the people who do smoke while they're at work. They're going to not be allowed to do it anymore. And it's going to be Susan, the bitch in the office who ratted us out to the boss. And now we're not allowed to do this anymore. And you're going to be public enemy number one. And let's be honest about the American workplace. You better take stock in who you are. 
and, and how many of smokers there are versus non-smokers. Because if you're not in the in crowd at the office, guess what happens come layoff time? It's you on the outs. <laughs> Worth noting, Stansberry and I narked out when he found cigarette outside of the door. I ran boss, right to the boss's my office. boss, look at this! I was like, dude, just so you know, <laughs> it's still happening. That guy I hate, still doing it. Mike tweets in, tell us how you really feel. Hashtag hate, hate, hate. I hate, hate, hate. Full disclosure on that issue. Yeah. We tried. Yeah, we did. We tried very, very hard. Yeah, we did. This person's just insufferable and not very good. And so ultimately we were like, Fantone and I both were like, dude, if Fantone and I both don't like, it'd be one thing if it's like, I don't like you and Fantone, like the good one is kind of like, no, nah, man, he's, he's all right. right. It's all right. It's all right. Maybe you could like sling it around my neck that I'm crazy. No. But if we both hate you, you're the problem. I wonder if he still listens a little bit on his way into work anymore. I would assume so. I mean, everyone else in Stark County does. You're damn right. You're damn right. Maybe he's... Never mind. Never mind. (laughs) I feel like that's enough. I don't think you're getting more days off from complaining about this. You're just going to tighten down on the smokers. Young adults are spending six hours a day doing something, and we all need to be terrified about what it is. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We still have those 30 seconds to Mars tickets because, well, I'm bad at my job, and I forgot to give them to you. So we'll do that here momentarily. Again, 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. I apologize. That's rude. I need to get better on that. I read a study yesterday that has me terrified. And although I will say that I'm not all that shocked because I would have answered this poll had I been had they used me for this study between the ages of 18 and 25, I would have said yes too. Now, I don't know if that's just my personal experience and if that was overall you know the common factor for a lot of us or not, but what they found is is that most young adults spend six hours a day stressed out. A poll found 18 to 25-year-olds found money, appearance, career worries, as well as fears about the future, which I would mean, I, I, would, I mean, career and financial worries are, are both future, are a large chunk of what their time by themselves is spent on and that that time is being spent feeling both anxious and or under pressure. One in 10 Fantone feel that they have no one to turn to, to discuss their concerns, leaving them to face their fears alone. Now, what you're thinking is, is, well, if everybody's feeling that way, just turn to your buddy and say, but the problem is, is what they're looking for is somebody who's not in this case, who might once have been to say, Dude, it's going to be fine. Let me tell you how. You you do this, you do this, we'll shepherd you into this, and then this turns into this. Yeah, and I think you're trying to establish yourself as an adult and as somebody who's independent and somebody who can handle life on, on their own. And I think a lot of times, in that age range in particular, probably a little afraid to ask for help or to kind of like admit, like, hey, I'm having this issue. I don't know what it's like for young women. I know young men will feel sometimes like you're not a man or it makes you not manly to ask for help. I don't know what it's like for young women. 
and I can only speak what it was like for a young man. There's probably a little bit too of like, God damn, everyone's got this problem, so who am I to complain? Well, they're not the going to have the answer. They're you in know it. what I mean? Yeah, right. who, who am I? 67% admitted that they had come across problems in their life where they felt they had nobody to lean on for help. Now, this one is a little bit um, foreign to me. Um, no teenager really wants to talk to their parents. I mean, it's kind of just how it is. But I was lucky in the fact that, like, dude, if I legitimately didn't know what to do, it was like, all right, dude, go to dad. Dad will know. Dad's smart. Dad's kind of, like, tuned in. He's, you know what I mean, got, you know, college educated, that whole thing. I mean, dude, like, he'll know. Like, he'll know what to do. And um, when that was no longer the case, when after losing him, that was a problem. That was like, well, now where do I, where do I go with this stuff? Right. I feel bad for people for 67% of 18 to 25-year-olds feel like they have nobody to talk to. Well, I, I, I definitely do think there is a little bit of, like I said, you're trying to establish yourself as an adult, but I also think there's a little bit of people in that age range, and you know, it's something that we've been talking about, I feel like, for the past 20 years, is, well, how many parents have fallen down on the job recently? A lot. And if you are an 18-year-old and your mom... Or, you know, your dad, your dad's been gone and your mom has sucked at raising you. And all of a sudden it's like, well, no, how is she going to know? Like, of course she can't help me with finances because I, it was a nightmare growing up in our house financially. Well, not only that, but do you look at all, look at the struggle she's in just trying to make sure we all have a place to live. I'm not dumping this on her. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think there's, there's a lot of, what do I want to call it? Social equity or maybe like, I, I don't know, but like. When you come from a place where, like, you do, you can depend on your parents very much in the same way, where it's like, I could talk to my dad, I could talk to my mom, and they I can really give me feel, that advice. People don't have that that we do. And it's like, I really feel like that's where my, and I don't, I won't call it white privilege, but that's really where my, my privilege in life, I really notice it. Cause I even have friends. And again, I, I won't call it white privilege because I got plenty of white friends who grew up without one of their parents. And like when I was, I mean, a lot of my friends were looking at me like crazy, like, dude, your parents are still married. Right. Like it was odd to them. Yeah. I mean, probably growing up, if not 50% of my well, your friends parents are still married. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 My parents still married very happily together. Like we'll be at the charge game tomorrow night cheering me on. So like I had that support system my entire life yet still between that ages. And I, I brought this up with students at project rebuild all the time, because essentially this is the age range where they are from age 16 to 22. Um, I, I bring it up all the time. I had all the support system in the world at that point. I still people, screwed up. I had people with expectations of me. I had people who had taught me lessons. I'd had people who had been there for me every step along the way, but I screwed up on a regular basis All the during time. that age range. Still just, do it. Just, sure. just, just on a regular basis. I was terrible at life, and like looking back at that, uh, you're right. There is privilege in having a safety net. There is. There's like, alright, I can fall back into my house because I know my parents are there, and I know they love me, and I yeah. know they're going to take care of me. If you don't have that, I mean, it, it takes all those stresses you did have, all those mistakes you did make, and just compounds the entire thing. The average young adult has just four people they feel like are legit friends that they can lean on despite those ages to 18 to 25 having an average of 165 friends on social media 85 percent still had moments where they felt lonely again i feel like social media makes you feel more lonely not more connected that's just me more than 40 percent thought social media added to their worries and stress while more than half of those said it leaves them feeling under more pressure to keep up with everyone i would agree with that sometimes I, now, I'm, I'm well outside this age range. As a matter of fact, we have another social media study we're going to get into a little later in the program, so maybe we'll save some of this. But I, um, I do think it's part of it. I, I think keeping up with the Joneses is part of it. Now, I've been leaning on a little bit more. Now, again, I'm well outside 
the age range here. But I've been leaning a little bit more on social media over the last few days. Um, if you've been listening a little bit, I'm like kind of back in the gym. I'm kind of like starting to you know to work out a little bit more. It's been about a month. I'm already starting to see some positive results physically. I mentally, I know I have positive results. I'm sleeping better. That whole thing. But again, like all those posts that I used to find annoying about like gym people and this and that, I now I get it because it is, it is motivating. They're like, there was the other day I was like, I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like doing it. I was scrolling through my timeline. I saw like three people who are physical fitness people who are like, dude, stay after it. You know what I mean? Uh, again, Joe Rogan, his whole thing is conquer your inner bitch. And that whole thing, I was like, dude, I'm going to go conquer my inner bitch. That's what I'm going to go. To. He's right. I got to get in there. I got to go do it. So it, it can be a positive, sure. but I don't think that's how most people are using it and digesting it more often I, or most often. I, should I say. mean, I know this is a study on young adults and, but this is a study on people. I was going to say, I just wonder... I bet the number's higher the older you get. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people. Now, the thing I'll say about that is, though, is certainly as I've gotten older, I've learned to let things go considerably more. When you're young, you feel like everything is Is the the most important. the biggest deal. Right, right. It's the most important thing. That girlfriend you have in the moment is the most, you know, but like you you, you get up and you grow up. But at the same time, I think a lot of people as they age... Um, and maybe it's for the better, but like a lot of people, you know, they put themselves on that island, they isolate themselves and they kind of step away from what were once friends and kind of like, I think men in particularly here, uh, you know, they, they, they find themselves lonely. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to find this study applies to people of all ages. No, I, 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 they decided to study younger people with it, but I, dude, the amount of friends I have that are my age who, and this is even more sad, the amount... The amount of people I know, my age, who are in marriages, who would tell you that they're lonely every day, I think would blow you away. I, I don't, I don't, and that's that to me. Like I can't think of anything more sad than that. Like yeah. if you've teamed up with a life partner yeah. and you live with that person, you're in love with, and you still feel like you're alone. I don't know how you deal with that. I, I don't think you, and certainly I know I don't. I'm not. I'm not like, hey, hey, go get divorced. That's what you should do. When it gets tough, get out. But like, if that's what you feel, I think it's fair to say, like, yo, it's time to really reevaluate what you're doing with your life. If you're not finding your, if you're finding yourself feeling alone while you're lying next to somebody every single night, yeah, man, that that, that sounds tough. Lamar Sharp saying we need more mentors to offset these issues. Most kids can't talk to their parents. I would agree that it may be easier to talk to an adult maybe that's not your parent because you're worried about yeah. the judgment from your parents. You may even be worried about judgment from a coach. And but and, and your coaches, your teachers, your parents, there's a little bit of that. It's like, dude, they're lame. They're square. They don't know anything. Of course they're gonna tell me this. Yeah, of course. So like, yeah, having that having that mentorship role, and obviously Lamar is somebody who's very much stepped into that role. I mean, like, I I think it makes a huge difference. Yeah, I should probably get more involved with something like that. Um, I'm hearing from Twitter, because my parents and their parents made solid life choices, I don't think the proper term is privilege. I don't know what they call it, but I wouldn't say privilege. I think it is. I think, I, I think I, okay, call it lucky, because you're yeah. right. My, my dad made good life choices, and so did his parents, and so did the parents, you know what I mean? But that's... The, I didn't choose to be born to that. But you benefited from it. I benefited right. from it. So therefore, it is a privilege. I, I view the family that I had as I, that was a privilege to have. And, and privilege isn't like get out of jail free card. I think a lot of people get that messed up of, oh, well, if you had privilege. It's like, it's like saying, hey, I got a better hand dealt to me. It doesn't it's a mean leg you're going to win the poker game. It's you a know leg what up. I mean? I think there's like there's a privilege in being good looking. It doesn't mean you're not going to go to jail for it, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like it's not. You know. Yeah, I, I, I do feel that as a privilege. And I will say when, when I looked around, even in my community and I grew up in Aurora Shores, I mean, a very well to do community back in the in the 80s, early 90s. 
and still pretty damn nice. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not the slums. (laughs) Still pretty damn nice, you know what I mean? And I remember looking around and thinking to myself, even amongst some of my friends, oh, dude, I'm pretty lucky and and a little privileged of what my home life is like versus what some other people's is like. Six hours a day feeling stressed. Now, some of this was self-reporting, and everybody's just kind of quick to go to the, I'm stressed out, Right. right? But six hours a day, that is a large fraction of time. Especially when you think about what little free time between ages 18 and 25 you probably have. you got school, work, all this other stuff. So, I mean, I don't know, man. That's a depressing number, and we got to get that figured out. Because mental health is a huge strain, both with the things that happen in the community and and honestly, financially, with the health system, it can honestly it can lead to all kind of problems. We got to get away from that. Thirty seconds of March tickets up for grabs. Let's take caller seventeen right now. One eight hundred two four three seven six two five on those. Be right back. Hang on. Hope boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, what's going on? You got Stansberry here for the Wakeham Auto Family. It's about a year ago I bought my car from Wakeham. And right now, with the Cleveland Auto Show going on, the time to buy a car at Wakeham is right now. Like Wakeham Ford, where they're offering you Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We have Canton Charge tickets. We're about to get you hooked up here momentarily. That's for now. The tickets we have right now are for Basket Brawl. Correct. Which is on the 11th. Correct. Which is when OCW sends their, well, their best and brightest <laughs> into the Civic Center. I'll just do the Canton Charge rundown right now. We have tickets to, to a Basket Brawl. That is on the 11th. Oh, absolutely huge event. You've got mascot night that night, uh, Posse bobblehead giveaway, and Ohio Championship Wrestling. That's a two-for-one. So if you have a ticket to the charge game, you are already good to go to that Ohio Championship Wrestling event. We'll be giving those, tickets, skip it. We'll be giving those tickets away soon. Uh, but tonight, the Civic Center, it is all going down. Dollar Dog Night brought to you by Sugardale. Um, so I know Stan's looking at Stan's all of a sudden. He's like, ooh. Dude, I haven't, I haven't had anything really delicious to eat in a while. That sounds good. Some special guests will be in the house tonight as uh, the entire Fantone family will be in attendance. Uh, I know my brother and his kids are coming down, my parents, my grandparents. It's going to be a whole deal. Uh, So tomorrow night... We are going to have a military appreciation night at the Canton Charge game, um, you know, honoring the troops, their families, and getting the first, I think, 2,000 people in attendance. We're going to get them hooked up with a military hat brought to you by the Canton Repository. So lots of great stuff going on with the Canton Charge. Get your tickets to Canton Civic Center box office, or you can always visit cantoncharge.com. We'll pass them out here momentarily. We're about to do one of the hackiest things you can do on the radio. Hey! You ready? Good morning, everybody. It's you ready? You ready? Uh, I'm, we're not going to twin spin. Okay. We're not, we're not, we were. What, what is it? No tradio. Okay. No, no, no. But this is like one of the hackiest things. War of the Roses? What are we doing? <laughs> what, do we, what do we got going on? You tell me, buddy. Did you know you could get this on the menu? <laughs> I'll see your menu, Starbucks. I ask them for it. We'll, we'll secret menu Jeez. it for you. No, this is honestly, it might be even hackier <laughs> than that. <laughs> what are we going to do? This is pretty hacky. But and I admit, like I when I was driving into work this morning, and and because uh, I read this, I'll be honest with you, I read this while I was on the toilet this morning at the house. <laughs> all right, Stan's very dumping it out. I right, and I are. read it, and I was like, all right, we got to get into this. And then I was driving into work, I was like, this is like one of the hackiest things of all time. Why are you going to do it? But it has been bothering me. What are we, celebrity birthday in it? What the hell are we doing, bro? <laughs> Tell me what we're doing. This day in rock history. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> no, God. I. uh... Dude, the the uh, the street department, the road super supervisor claims that these are the worst winter potholes in twenty years. Wow! And this is pretty hacky. Oh, these roads, right? <laughs> like it's so hacky. But dude, every road I drive, like, all right, I no longer take 
a way home in the way here that I used to anymore. Okay. I just avoid it because market south of my apartment, Oof, buddy. Oof. market south of my apartment building to 11th street is a war zone. Yeah. I was going to say, once you turn off, once you turn off Tusk right on market, uh, dude, it, it south, just right? yeah. terrible over yeah, there. I mean, yeah, there's ridges in them. There's craters in them. And then normally, all right, normally what I do is I take market to 11th, right? Turn left on 11th Street and then go up and catch the freeway yep. right there off of what is Cherry right there, right? Okay. 11th Street, you can't even drive it. Wow. I mean, dude, there is there is a pothole in 11th that might be the size of the hood of my car. Like, that's how big it is. I mean, it is massive. And I have a very stupid, stupid question about potholes that might have an easy answer and maybe I'm just too dumb to understand what it would be. But it seems to me that in every pothole I see, you know what's at the bottom of those potholes? What is that? Bricks. That's what's at the bottom of the pothole. And then you see the pothole, and it's just the layers of asphalt we've poured on top of the bricks for the last 50 years. So did we once upon a time have the right surface for roads and just decided, oh, we'll just make this improvement that's not really an improvement? Like putting carpet over hardwood. Right. Yeah, I I get what you're saying, but I'm I'm going to push back on that because I think the answer is no, because there are certain areas in Canton that still have the brick streets, and potholes aren't nearly the problem there. That they are, but what you have there, well, not only not only the vibration, but like there's a lot of, I don't know how, like it, it's very not even like bumpy, it's like hilly almost, where there's like there's parts of it that are just uneven. It's like, not there's level. A lot of yeah, there's a lot Unlevel. of unlevelness okay. that goes on in there. Because I was like every bottle, I'm like, dude, do, 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 so we have the answer. It's right here. I, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's just as bad, but I think that's a part of the problem is getting some of that levelness involved in the, into those brick streets. Because like back in like the Vassar Park neighborhood, there oh, there's a yeah. ton of brick streets, but it's it's bad to drive back there too. Um, I I there's I, I could probably point to a million different things. And on Duber, as you turn out of, like around that McDonald's, yeah. like when you turn up on to get onto Tusk, onto 77, looks like a war zone. Dude. Yeah, that's bad. Driving right? down Cleveland, like once you start getting out of downtown, the center lane, I swear to God, it's almost like pothole, 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 pothole. And it's all on the left side. And it's just like, if you don't get out of that lane, dude, you are going to mess your front end up. And there, there's no question about it. Um, I put this up at WRQK.com, and this is from the uh, Canton Road Commission. Okay. And if you see a serious, quote-unquote, they call it man-eater pothole, the one that can cause serious damage when you when you are out, you can call the street department from 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock at 330-489-3030. That's for serious potholes. Now, if there's just a bunch of potholes on your street and you want to fi- you want to get them fixed, go to cclickfix.com. It's a simple reporting system, and all you have to do is, uh, is, is report it and Based on based on how bad those potholes are, is based on how bad they go, or how quickly they get out there and fix them. It is. I mean, normally, I, I, when people complain about this, I'm like, oh my god. Right. But dude, it does seem to be really bad this year. I um, I wish there was something like John Q. Public could do. You know what I'm saying? But we can't go out there and start, you know, and start and start putting asphalt in there. Like Sixth Street. If I head up in the direction, which I guess would be west. If I head up west. On 6th Street, it's not so much potholes, it's that there's like little road like bumps in the road that honestly, it feels like my tires are like sometimes it feels like my car's like slipping trying to catch traction to where I stop driving on it. 
And then 7th Street downtown, I mean, dude, the people that live on that street, I mean, they're parked six cars deep, both sides of the street, and then there's, I mean, I can't even take it. Dude, I just, I stopped taking it. I, I just think a big part of the problem is, is this winter was so up and down. It froze and it thawed, and then it refroze and it thawed, and then there was a bunch of snow, so it was a bunch of salt, and then it just refroze again, and then it thawed again. And it's just like, I feel like when that happens time and time again, and when we don't have the tax money to really take care of our streets, like, I, I mean, I can't be surprised at all the pothole season was so bad. I feel like Healy would have done it by himself. All right, all right, Healy out there just throwing, just, just shoveling it in there. I uh, I feel like, yeah, I feel like Healy would have done it by himself. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. To be honest with you, I'm the guy that thinks it should be bricks. <laughs> I mean, what the, what the hell do I know? I just, there was part of me, I like, I turned into my dad a little bit when I was driving down the street and I had to avoid like a huge crater. I was like, these stupid politicians and job security for road workers and like all this. I was blaming stuff I didn't know if it was the fault of, just like yelling at, at the sky. It's just, dude, the worst they've seen in 20 years, they're saying. It's pretty bad. It is. Yeah, that's really bad, man. Let's send you this Canton Charge game on the 11th for Basket Brawl. Let's take caller 10 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. A student in a school stopped a potential school shooter, and now she's in trouble. We'll give you that story next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, 9 o'clock. We'll talk to Dr. Tim Novelli from the Patriot Project. We'll also send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. Before the break, we were talking about potholes. 20-year, they're saying the road supervisor here in Star County saying this is the worst they've seen him in 20 years. I was like, dude, at the bottom of every pothole, all I see is bricks. Did, did we maybe create a solution that we didn't need by, by covering the brick? And people reminding me on Twitter that brick roads are very slick when wet. And that, that was one of the reasons they decided to move forward off of them. I, um, I've been really caught up on the idea, and there's a couple of cities in America that do it, um, but the idea of heated roads, and I know it's like, dude, it's so expensive, but then all that road repair doesn't necessarily happen as much. So you're saving money on that end. And Holland, Michigan is the place where this really, like, really got its start. And obviously up there, they get a ton of snow, but like their entire city is heated roads. So like you can be in the middle of a blizzard and you're just driving on like slightly wet roads. That would be awesome. My buddy has a heated driveway and it's great. I Dude, it's one of those things that like if if, if I were in the position of like, dude, I'm, by, I'm building a house, that's something I would insist on. Even, yeah, it's even cool. for the money, dude. Even for like, oh, well, it's gonna be double the price. Gonna be worth it. I, a lot I, of people have a heart attack shoveling the driveway, I, dude. And a lot of people are lazy. They don't want to go shovel that driveway. That's your boy right here. And that's why they end up having heart attacks. Um, I, uh, I, uh, I, I've heard that it's you know you got to be close to a power plant to do it. But like, it's one of those things that I hope in my lifetime I'm living in a city with just heated streets. I also think this is getting a little like lefty, right. um, and a little hippie. All right, communist, but. Uh, but um, I think the amount of travel that roads take, we could reduce. Okay. And I think if you take a look at Boulder, Colorado, did a fantastic job of this. You can look into it. Boulder, what they did is they created a bike path. And it's now, over like a 20-year run, it's completely extended. You can move around the entire city of Boulder, which I don't think is that much bigger even. I think it's about this size, maybe. Um you can move from one end of the city, east, west, north, south, anywhere you want to go in the city, it can be achieved via their bike paths and or trails. And then if we did that, more, more like like take a guy like me. In the nice months out, 
If you made it, I don't care if it takes me a half hour. If I was able to do it and not on busy streets and with proper trails to get from one end of the city, I would ride my bike to work every day. I would absolutely do that. Yeah, there, I mean, there's some people who would. I think it's beneficial. I, I, I mean, if you if you opened it up, I mean, obviously there would be more people that would be interested in something like that. I know Canton's made a big push to make downtown very bikeable. Like that's they put in those bike lanes. The thing is, is I just don't see them getting used all that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they have them. Well, Boulder's definitely much more health conscious right. and fit right, right, and, right, right, and a little right. bit more hippie-ish. Right. So yeah, y- y- they're looking to use it. Just the fat people of Canton, Ohio, eating cheeseburgers, smoking cigarettes, laughing at people on bikes. Um, just waiting for like the airport <laughs> trams. Just put me on that! Just press fast forward, man! Yeah, that is who we are. That is who we are. So, a girl in New York is in trouble. Before I even tell you the story, she should be. Okay. Alright, she should be. This, this is one of those situations that were if this would have happened to me in school and I got home, my father would have said to me, Daniel, you should absolutely be in trouble with the school because that's how we create a safe and like responsible society for all people to live in. However, you will not be in trouble with me over what you did. But you should be in trouble with school. And here's what happened. Crystal Williams Phillips was in school and a fellow student showed her that he had bullets in his backpack and that he intended to harm students at the school. So she punched him in the face. She says, I punched the kid in the face because he looked me in the eyes, told me that death was a joke, she said. Police are investigating the incident. The student who made the threats has also been suspended. She said, I felt that he was a dangerous person. And he admitted to me and he admitted it to other students. The student actually did have ammunition and it compelled her to do something in the light of recent violence given what's happened in Florida and other high profile incidents at some other schools. She says the kid had bullets and that was even scarier for me because something could have gone wrong if I hadn't stepped in and done something she had said. I see how a kid feels that way. That's what I'm saying. Of course, I see how a kid feels that way. She's now concerned, however, about her college prospects, about the fact that they may, you know what I mean, not allow her because she's been suspended from school, and they they do. They look at that stuff. She said she was worried about the suspension would remain on her record without context for prospective universities. Man, to be that forward-thinking at that age. Good for you, kid. It means a lot that I am in honors, and I don't want that to be taken away from me. She said, and I understand that punching him in the face was not the best solution, but if I hadn't have not... uh, but if I hadn't, none of this would have worked out the way it did. And now we now we don't know that either. That's her drawing a right. lot of conclusion. Now again, we've in the light of Parkland, we've said these kids need to step up and start saying stuff to teachers. And I agree, they do. And this girl should not put her hands on somebody, right? We cannot because what's going to happen there if we allow this is well, I thought he was a danger, and then next thing you know, you're punching people in AP English. Not good, right? Right? Not good. Okay, but I do commend her. I do commend her, and there, like I said, this is where my dad would have said to me, the school should punish you because that's how they keep law and order within the building, but you will not be in trouble with me at home for what doing what we think is the right thing. Sometimes, my dad was very good at telling me stuff like that, that just because you do the right thing doesn't mean all the right things will, will fall to you. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be consequences at, at, at times. Doing the right thing right. Is, is often hard. Right. It's often, dude, it's, it's, uh, it's often the, the harder of the two decisions you have to make. 
And that's how you know it's the right thing, is because it's the harder decision to make. But I do not want students just punching one another, because again, we will use this as an excuse just to punch kids you don't like. Oh yeah, I mean, honestly, like since Parkland happened and since this thing in Jackson happened, I know a student who had false allegations made against him that he was going to do something violent at school. And obviously an allegation like that, much like other allegations, once you have that on you, very hard to shake off. Now, that's not necessarily what happened in this case because this kid did have bullets. This kid did make threats. And I understand where she came from. But like the concept of vigilante justice feels great. It does, man. It feels like, dude, I have the power in my hands. I got wronged or somebody I love got wrong or somebody I'm trying to protect got wrong. Therefore, I can do something in retaliation. But in the big picture, like you have to take a step back. Well, like, also, also change it. Okay? Change, change the scenario around. Girl comes to school, opens her purse, shows boy gun and bullets. Boy punches girl in face. We're reading this differently. The media is reading this differently. Society is hearing this story differently. This is also one of these things that people are going to want to be like, ah, relax, not that big of a deal because a girl punched a boy. Much like how this country does this. Male teacher sleeps with student. Right? Demonize female, you know, teacher sleeps a student. Where was that teacher? I needed teachers like that. Like that's, I mean, that we do kind of treat sexes differently in these regards. I guess. I mean, did did that did that girl think that in the moment there was a true threat in the sense of like, if I don't stop this kid right now, is he going to pull out a gun next and I shoot? I mean, she's already concerned about what her college acceptance is going to be like over her 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 transcripts. If you're, I don't know, I, maybe I'm making it too easy, but if you're the kind of student that's thinking about that, yeah. But I mean, like, if you show me bullets, I, be, I it's not a stretch to think you have a gun. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that that's not a stretch at all for her to have no, believed. And it's like, well, if I don't act in this moment, is he going to do something? I guess what happened immediately after matters too. Did somebody run and go tell a teacher what 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 happened immediately after, and like how did they react to that? Um, but I don't know. I feel like I don't want to like take. I don't want you, you know what a mommy blog is going to say later today, don't you? A mommy blog is going to say, now you just punched a potential, now a a girl just punched a potential school shooter in the face, which is going to make him feel worse about himself. Doesn't push it further. And now now he's going to be more likely to act. I've seen plenty of people make the argument of like, oh, all these kids want to walk out of school and protest gun violence, but they don't want to stand up for the kid that's getting bullied or whatever like that. So like, I think there are people that that feel like, well. There is truth in that. You know, like, so uh, I don't know how you're supposed to tell kids to protect themselves. You know? what i mean like if you feel threatened by 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 what you think is a gun a shooting situation i can't fault you for punching somebody in the face they don't really get into what happened immediately after you're right because if she punched him like if she punched him he falls down she grabs the bag goes to a teacher says look right then i'm then then this is much much better but if you're just punching a kid just to punch him and then just leaving him there, he still has the bullets. Like, what are you, what, what right, are you doing right, with that? Right, right, Both students have been suspended. Like I said, I would run my household the way my dad ran his. You should absolutely be in trouble at school. You will not be grounded at home for stepping up and doing what you thought was the right thing to do in that moment. We'll talk to Dr. Tim Novelli from the Patriot Project and send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two here. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106 now. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 
Online for you, WRQK.com, and about to send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. Before we do that, we'll talk to Dr. Tim Novelli, who is taking part of Military Appreciation Night tomorrow night with the Canton Charge. Dr. Tim Novelli is a chiropractor who put together, if I, if I understand the Patriot Project properly, Mr. Novelli, is that you have put together a network of chiropractors, much like yourself, to help out service members who have served this country who have bodily issues is that do i do i have about have it right partially matt we 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 provide free chiropractic care to our active military and their families oh nice. the active military have no chiropractic benefits so they again are, are fed into the system with the opioids and surgeries that sometimes can go the wrong way for us so that's been going in our country they're finding out now the va if you go to the va your your likelihood of 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 opioid overdose and death by opioids is twice the rate of uh, the average American. So we want to start being part of that solution to be part of the team to start being commissioned in the military. Right now, the Patriot Project has approximately 8,000 doctors volunteering to help our our military and their families and wounded veterans and gold star dependents. Uh, The U.S. military has less than 100 chiropractors who are subcontracted, not even part of the military. So we need approximately 20,000 chiropractors to meet the demands that we see coming through uh, uh, the Patriot Project. So they're getting around congressional mandates of using chiropractors in the VA and clinics and on base by having one. We need chiropractic departments. We need chiropractors on the battlefield to have these men not only prepare for battle better, but have them recover from their injuries because when these men carry their 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 gear, seventy pound backpacks, body armor, a, a weapon, and the stress of battle, they all suffer musculoskeletal injuries. And there's nothing better than that than chiropractic care. What is the the most common injury you see while dealing with the Patriot Project? Well, again, the most common injury, not just the Patriot Project, but in America, is low back pain. It's the number one reason that that the military is uh, le- leaves the military service early through injury is through low back problems. And to not have chiropractors handling that is just really criminal and, and nonsensical anymore. When it comes to, you know, you bring up the opioid problem right there, and, and to hear those numbers of being twice as likely to die as the average American. Jeez, um, it's a lot. What kind of, you know, since you've started the Patriot Project, what kind of progress have you seen, you know, when it comes to opioid use, when it comes to how veterans are using those and, and how it's affecting their life? Well, once again, we get them in the Patriot Project, we reduce that amount. Again, pain it comes in all forms. I said, and once these men are now that... As you see, they're tightening the belt, and you'll see the most common thing right now in Toledo and Cincinnati is housewives trying to score heroin to to supplement their opioid addiction because now they can't get the opioids, so they're going to heroin. Heroin is rampant in this country. So it, it, it leads from one thing to another where they guaranteed us when they first came out that opioids were non-addicting. They, they have the, the, the New England Journal of Medicine, the article, the, the FDA guaranteed us, the American people, that these were non-addicting. So it tells you, again, we have a problem with how these drugs are approved and how they still keep getting in the mainstream, and they're still out there. Because now they make more money by giving us Narlexin, or the, the counter drug that the, everyone sells now. Right. So it's, it's, I don't want to sound too... Uh, conspiratory but again there's no downside for drug companies in this 
They no, just sell more drugs to counter the drugs you have and get you off of those drugs. No, it, and it's it, and it's destroying Americans' fabric. It's destroying American family. It's hurting our military. It's hurting our our strength and our vitality, our production, our our time off work, our time from family things. And I said, there's other ways. You know, chiropractic isn't the answer to everything, but it certainly could be a help to this problem. You know, in Ohio alone now, they're starting to look at making chiropractic mandatory or at least some form of non-drug pain care, whether it be manipulations, whether it be physical therapy, whether it be something besides drugs first. So the workman's comp is looking into everyone is else starting to turn to that factor instead of writing that script from the very first get-go. As uh, Dr. Tim Novelli is joining the Sandsbury Show this morning, uh, again, we appreciate having you on. I want to ask you if, um, if a service member feels like they need to reach out and they need, they need some of your help, how do they go about reaching out to you? The website, again, for locally, again, of course, they can call my office or one of the 70 doctors in the area who are participating in the Patriot Project. We have such great support here from our chiropractors and across the country. I've never seen such a generous profession in my life. These men commit to providing, depending on their price structure, approximately $10,000 a year in care if they only see one a week. Wow. You know, we see 20 to 30. We turn no one down, and many chiropractors are the same way. So all they have to do is go to the website, patriot-project.org, click onto their area, find a doctor who has an opening for you, and start the care. This is such a great project, in my opinion, and honestly something that, you know, it very much feels like, well, yeah, this is the least we can do right here. Um, and, you know, Dr. Tim Novelli was really the catalyst to this entire Patriot Project. And, you know, there's so many things and so many doctors who have donated so many hours and, and, and really helped so many veterans. Dr. Novelli, what was the reason, what made you feel compelled to, to start this? Well, again, it was an opportunity to serve at a, a veterans' of, um, uh, activity in Texas. It was a hog hunt out of helicopters, and we were, they put me in. A, they said, come and help, because Dana Bowman, uh, a double amputee, lost his legs in a skydiving accident, was driving back to Texas from Walter Reed, and he couldn't drive anymore because he was having such terrible neck pain. One of my amputee patients called me says, hey, this American hero needs your help. Long story short, he had such great success, never had chiropractic care before. Said, Boy, this could really help a lot of our guys. I said, tell me about it. We've been trying to be part of the military for 100 years. So I'll clean up his salty language and said, the heck with them. You come to my event in Texas I'm having in a month. Treat as many of our guys as you want. So they put me in an airfield under a canopy. I felt like I was in MASH with helicopters landing around me. But I was the only show in town where they were waiting to hog hunt or shoot guns. So they were all coming around getting adjusted. And we worked from like 7 in the morning to 9, 10 at night for three days. We saw so many... Uh, men and women, wounded veterans, active military, some of us are saying, Doc, I'm, I'm a drug addict. Doc, I, I, you know, I, have, I have 30 prescriptions. And 30. That, for common ailments that are seen every day in chiropractor's office with such great success that I thought there has to be something that w- we can do, that I, there's more chiropractors out there like me. Chiropractors, again, have been helping our military from the beginning. It's just now I've, I've had the privilege of organizing many of us to put this into a, a, a fist that is going to be a political fist that we just had Clinton Romache on the Capitol Hill lobbying for, for, for legislation, and we're, we're, we're making gains that way because we can never afford the lobbyists, millions and millions of dollars it takes. Our budget is less than $100,000 a year for providing over $100 million in care. 
There's, I, I challenge any organization to have those statistics. But, again, it's, it's, it's something that we're so happy to be proud of and so honored to be proud of and have the support. We now have 12 Medal of Honor recipients who sit on our board, along with other American heroes, astronauts, admirals, generals, uh, you name it. They're, they're coming on board the Patriot Project and, and seeing that this is a value that they want for their brothers and sisters in arms. I'm glad you bring up uh, Staff Sergeant Clint Romache. He will be at the Canton Charge game tomorrow night, and this will be the second Medal of Honor recipient that I will have the honor to shake hands with. So honestly, just from like my perspective, Doc, thank you so much for bringing these guys here, and thank you for being able to shine a light on them and you know, obviously teaming up with the Charge uh, to really, you know, like I said, shine that light on American heroes. I think something that at least I've personally dealt with is – as a citizen, I very much support the troops, but I don't know how to do something with that. I want to do something. If I'm John Q. Public sitting out here listening to the radio right now, how do you think that average citizens can get involved and make life a little bit better for the people that keep us safe? You know, there are so many. You know, we, we have an expression, time, talent, treasure. You know, if you have the time, I don't care if you're a Boy Scout that could mow a lawn or a Girl Scout that could babysit or a Boy Scout that could babysit or... If you're an accountant that could help with, with someone's papers, start letting the community know. Believe me, word will get out. You know, we wanted to absorb more professions, but, I, again, I just can barely handle the chiropractors I'm getting. Um, we have other, other great professions that want to help. If you're a plumber, can help with a, a leaky faucet while a husband or wife is serving. You know, anyone can do anything. If you don't have that time, if you're a busy professional or you're busy, you have money. Find, right. a, find a, chair, a, a good charity. One that gives all 100% back to the admission. You know, the Patriot Project has in its bylaws that no officer or no board member will ever draw a salary. And that's huge because hopefully one day money won't be a problem for us. But if it is, it still will be all volunteer. You see these big organizations with six-figure salaries and big, huge parties and all these things that they're doing. And the money is, you know, if I get $100 million dollars, and I'm spending $50 million of it, I can do a lot of good with $50 million, but how about that other $50 million that you're living large or you're, and all your employees are living large? That's what a lot of these men and women are resenting in some of these other warrior foundations, that the money is not all going to them. It's going to enrich the lives of the people doing the project. Yeah, I can't think of anything worse than that. The organization is The Patriot Project. The website is patriot-project.org. That's Dr. Tim Novelli, who will be on site tomorrow night with the Canton Charge at the Civic Center for Military Appreciation Night. Dude, we commend you for what you're doing. We really respect the hell out of it, and we appreciate you taking a few minutes to spend with us this morning, man. Thanks. Thank you, Matt. See you Saturday night. Well, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys tomorrow night. Let's pass out a pair of these tickets for that game tomorrow night. We'll take caller 15 right now at 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back with more show. You guys hang on. Your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Awards now. Text the keyword MUSIC to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's MUSIC to 200-200. Hey guys, what's going on? You got Sansbury here. It's Cleveland Auto Show time, which makes Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. One more time, I want to thank Dr. Tim Novelli from the Patriot Project, patriot-project.org. For, t- uh, for taking a few minutes with us this morning as he will be in attendance tomorrow night. 
part of uh, Military Appreciation Night for the Canton Charge. Dude, I'm so excited. Like, it, it, there's a little bit of me that's really, really nervous about it, too, um, because this is obviously a game that has a lot of... Don't mess that one up. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance to it. There's a lot of, you know, hey, read this name, do this. You know, and I, as somebody who's not involved in the military, I get confused of, like, well, is he a staff sergeant, or what is this, or what, what does that mean? is this, and I don't even know. Oh, dude, whatever you do, don't, don't take stripes off the shoulder. Uh-uh, dude, I am sticking to the script 100% tomorrow. I'm going Ron Burgundy style. 100% yeah. the script. Copy's good. Like, just read it. Like tonight, I'll just be like bebopping and scatting all over the place. Tomorrow, dude, it is 100% off yeah. script. Uh, I would do the same thing. I would I would not be moving it around a whole lot. All right. We have another one now. Or did, oh, here it is. I don't even know what the other one is, and I'm already stressed out about it. <laughs> Roll at Texas. A Dallas area teenager being held on $1 million bond after a police officer encountered him sitting in his car outside of a high school sporting event with a semi-automatic rifle Ugh. and 100 pounds of ammunition. Ugh. Diego Horta, 17, um, was arrested on drug and weapons charges. Officer Cruz Hernandez, a spokesperson for the department in Rolet, about 20 miles northeast of Dallas is where this was, said an officer approached the teen while patrolling near the high school and the city's community center as two sporting events were wrapping up. We were glad that our officer encountered him early, Hernandez says. He had the weapon, ammunition, and a mask. Whatever we prevented, the outcome was going to be bad, they claim. I would imagine so if he had 100 rounds of ammunition, a mask, and a gun. Sure. He was obviously planning something here. Sure. Um. The police said they, they had no specific evidence to substantiate beyond a reasonable doubt that Horta planned to harm anyone. Hernandez said that with a recent school shooting in Florida and highway shootings in Dallas, including the fatal shooting of a postal worker and shots fired into a police car nearby Interstate 30 not that long ago, I hadn't heard about that one, the department has been exercising added caution, and I would too. Of course. Um, I, I guess another retailer... Adding some more um, added caution to this issue, as Fantone was telling me during the break, Walmart now, not only are they raising the age of gun sales to 21, but they are going to stop selling toy guns. I figure this out, and a lot of people that are like, you don't want it on your hands, because that's what I think Walmart's trying to avoid here, is like, well, yeah, this last school shooter bought his, shooter bought his gun at Walmart. And like, I understand that, why you were like... Eh, if your name's constantly aligned with eh. it, right. Today... Given what we've seen happen when kids are holding toy guns, I'm not sure I want my kid playing with a toy gun. Right. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not trying to like bring this into the into the race realm or like and and bring up you know things from the past, but like the whole Trayvon Martin thing is very yeah uh, very much a concern. And like I get it where you say like, well, that kid shouldn't have been pretending to shoot other people, but it's like, what do you do with a toy gun? You pretend to shoot other people. Right. right. I mean, that's what you're doing. We're all the rage. That's what we did. We rolled around the high school parking lot, rolled the windows down and like soaked people. And just blasted people. And yeah. then I remember the one time we were in my buddy's Honda Accord and uh, he had a like a pellet gun that looked like a 45 pistol. So it looked real. Right. And right? at that point, it might as well be. And right? here we are, four white suburban kids rolling around listening to, to Ed W.A., and so now you got the so fake, yeah, right? You got the fake so telegon that looks like a pistol. Now I'm laughing, but I shouldn't be, right? Right? Because today that's an incredibly day. And sure enough, my buddy rolled the window down, and he pointed it at the the younger sister of the girl I happen to be dating, right? 
as we were driving through the neighborhood. So later that night, I'm at her house, and now the dad's furious, right? Grabs me by the shoulder, the whole thing. Drags me into like the, the room, starts screaming at me. And I'm 16, 15, 16, so I'm like, I don't understand why this is a big deal. It's a fake gun. What is everybody you know, freaking out about? But like, she, of course, didn't know that. She was terrified. Yeah, understandably so. So I don't know where I would stand with my kids and guns and like what I, what I would what I would do there. But if like, I'm hesitant to let my kid play football, right, right. How 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 far off is this? Um. So as far as this Texas uh, kid that got you know, or I don't know if he was an adult or a young adult or 17. whatever you want to call him, seventeen. Um. So like a lot of people have made the point to me recently of like, well, back in my day, you could you know the entire the entire parking lot, we all had a gun on our gun rack. You could bring him to school for show you, and tell. You could bring him to school for show and tell. I've heard that time and time again. Yeah. When does somebody make the proposal of the way to combat school shootings is to arm kids? When does it become my kid's 18 years old? He's a senior in high school. He should be allowed to bring his gun with him. If something were to happen, he will then be able to retaliate. Whoa. That's crazy. I mean, essentially by saying, like, well, we used to bring them in for show and tell. You're saying, like, well, okay, like, we should be able to bring. I think what they're saying there is more, look how far society's fallen down. Not that we should have kids with guns in schools. I think they're saying, look, society has fallen down. If the only thing that's going to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, you want more good guys with guns in there, right? Uh, I cannot sign off on student carrying guns through school. But again, I'm the guy that doesn't think we should arm the teachers either. If anything, if anything, police department members, I I think is the right way to go. I think police department members who are looking for overtime and things like that, you can build, there's a way to do it. Retired military guys, men and women, retired military members, you want to talk to me about that? I'd meet you halfway. I worry about the PTSD thing with that. I think it's going to be a part of it. At that point, though, they're going to have to become officers of the law. You can't just be like, well, this guy was a veteran, therefore he's, I'm okay with it. You just have to become an, uh, you got to become a cop. We're going to have to create a department. Right. And you're going to have to be a part of it. And you're going to have to be screened again. You're going to have to, I mean, all that's going to happen. Because, I mean, if you look at it from the sense of. All right, so we've only get, we've got we've got retired veterans out there, veterans who are you know who are no longer in the service. Um, are they going to only be there in the situation of a school shooting, or will they help if there's a fight? Because if they help when there's a fight, when there's other situations in the school, if you know a kid gets out of control, and, and it, then you have to be a cop. So you, I mean, I well, you got to you got to you got to do something. There. And where are there? And how many? Because people always go, well, you know, we, we have airline marshals now. We have guys who, ride, and it's like, well, dude, that's a plane. Right. It's one level. Right. Like you know what I mean mean like a high school i mean i went to a small high school chamberlain high school in twinsburg when i graduated 94 was small well it was still four different wings think about yeah and think about how many different high schools there are you've got high schools with you know 200 kids in them or less and then you've got high schools with 2,000 kids in them so there's there's no one size fits all here I, I don't know, dude. The arming the kids thing is the craziest thing I've ever heard. I just, I just feel like it's almost an inevitable point. I can't believe somebody hasn't brought that up. Of like, well, no, I want my kid in this situation to be able to protect himself. <sighs> I, I cannot sign off on that. As a guy who does not have children, who does not plan on having his own children, but will probably end up marrying someone, would not want that to be the case. I would worry more. I, dude, at 18, you're just, you're too irresponsible, man. You just are. There's a reason why your car insurance doesn't go down until after you're 25. There's a reason why even people my age will tell you you're not, a, you're not really a grown up to you at 40. And it's because there is some truth in it. 
It's not it's not that it can be applied to every single person, but there is some truth in that. I'm not ready for 18-year-old kids strolling down the hallway. I know you can serve in the military at 18. Again, that, I think that's a small portion of the 18-year-olds that actually can do that. And much like I've said about the booze situation, if you, it, dude, it, and, and if we're going to raise gun sales, you know, the age of it, which I don't totally love. But if we're going to do it, and if you want to serve this country, you have a military ID, you should be able to buy beer, buy liquor, and buy a gun. Absolutely. If you're willing to serve this country, I will make incentives for you to do that. I'm totally on board with doing that. There's some LeBron drama. Surprise, because that's all there ever is. We'll uh, lay it out for you next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. And all I gotta say is it's Friday. And everybody help me say the sinner's prayer. Say, oh God. Oh, my man! Clint Parker. Melinda Brown! Duck it, baby! I'll be there, and I will mow you down under my tires. I promise that. A friend of mine said to me the other day, why don't you write a song about all this NFL stuff? So, here goes. It's called... Kick the dust up. If, if he were habitual homosexuals, then by all means, take a hike. I thought I like women! Women, 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 women! And here he is. Having the time of his life. There's this big great It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that if. Melinda Brown Duncan, baby! If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumb ass? Yeah, fing fool. Open your mouth like I give you this milk. Open your fing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two year old baby. The truth of the matter is. You were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. They call her Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. What? Yeah, it's, it's for real, for real, yeah. I've been drinking. You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much you take on your face. Bam, all upside his head, just slap them. They can make you slap somebody. This is terrible. This is the kid. I had to take off my shoes and run. So kiss my black. Not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. What do I get? That was like a peck. Watching other guys that are doing what I want to be doing, and I'm sitting on the couch being a loser. Hey, it's Friday. Are you ready for the weekend? Yes. I am ready for the weekend. I'm happy it's here. Or almost here for us, I should say. It is also first Friday. Oh. It is First Friday. Yeah. Man. Think about that. First Friday uh, will be a little less, what do I want to say, Canton-esque, as Georgia's still closed, man. What? After the fire that they had? Yeah, Georgia's still closed. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They've been closed, I want to say, for three weeks probably now, and they were trying to get it open by this week, at least for drinks, but I saw this morning on Facebook they would not be able to do so. I could have swore I walked by there the other day and there was people standing out in front of it. Probably just the Canton lowlife smoking cigarettes out there. You know, it's their natural habitat. Like, dude, no, we got to go smoke cigarettes like outside Like the Jay and Georgia's. Silent Bob of Yeah, Canton. what else are we going to do, man? Just sitting there. Do? Just sitting there. Yeah, so. I didn't know that. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, man, let's hope that gets back up. It just goes to show you, I haven't been eating cheeseburgers yeah, that much. Yeah, no, it, I mean, they're very, they're you know, they're going to be open again, just not in, not in time for tonight. Oh, well, that's sad. That is, that's a that's like a staple for First Friday. So there's more LeBron drama. Um, I know there's some J.R. Smith and uh, and Ty Lue drama, and the best way to fix that is just to ship Ty Lue the hell out of there, dude. The guy, the guy's overrated. I was the guy who was telling you last year. It's starting to become really obvious now that I'm right. It's just time find another coach. But the LeBron drama now is apparently a few weeks ago, he and Savannah had been scouting private schools in Philadelphia. That during some off time, I think even during maybe uh, during some of the days surrounding the All Star break, maybe is when this was going down, is that LeBron James, people close to the situation, are admitting that yeah, they were walk, they were they, they were looking through the city trying to find the right schools to maybe send their kids. That's a rumor. It's one I believe. Also, then uh, after playing the 76ers, there's now an Instagram post from LeBron James where he's talking about, I told you, what's he say here? I told you all a while back that my young king was next. I guess that's what he calls guys that he thinks are going to be good. Uh, my young king was next in line, getting better and better every night. Tonight, another example of that. Fun to watch and, and compete against you again. Hashtag the process. At Joel Embiid, he tags him, and he also tags Ben Simmons. Trust the process is like the hashtag phrase of the Philadelphia 76ers. So people are now drawing the link that maybe Philadelphia is the next landing spot for LeBron James, and I think he could do a lot worse than that. Now, he spoke about this and said, Pennsylvania now, what are you talking about? Over the All-Star break, I was on vacation and then went to Los Angeles. Okay. I mean, I don't buy is, it. Is there is there confirmation that he was there, or is this no, just I somebody saying? You know what I mean? It, 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 they are people that are saying. I mean, again, sort and again, they don't name sources. That way, they'll always be sources. So I'm okay with that. I buy this. I also now this Instagram post, like LeBron. This is why you get asked about it after every game. This is why because we all know you want to hold us hostage on one year deals. Everybody thinks you're leaving. You know everybody thinks you're leaving. You want to tell everybody, oh, let's just worry about this year. These fourteen guys and this, this, this and this, and then you do this after games where people think you're going, and you know it because ultimately, what do you want, LeBron? You want everybody talking about it. You want everybody speculating about it, but then when they ask you about it, it's a burden on you. Then stop inviting it in on yourself, you big-ass drama queen. I love you, dude. I think you're the greatest player that's ever played in the NBA. I think you're by far one of the best people that's ever been involved in professional sport, given what you do with your own money outside of it, and you put your money where your mouth is. So I respect the hell out of you for that. But you are the most passive-aggressive, drama-filled human being on the face of the planet. You are legitimately a billionaire and yet you still need this this confirmation from social media about please don't leave us we love you you still need this stuff dude and from that I worry about where that comes from LeBron and you might want to sit down with a professional and find out because ultimately this is much like how Kevin Durant was like tweeting back and forth with like with like haters after he won the title it's like bro shouldn't you be happy 
Shouldn't you be fulfilled through all these things you're doing in your life? But you're not. Because you have to keep poking these fires and have the speculation out there. Bro, we all know you're leaving. Just come out after a game after you put up 60 and say, sorry, Cleveland, they still couldn't get me the roster that's needed to beat the Warriors. I'm out. Why can't you just do it? Quit holding us hostage. Aside from that, we are done. Teresa has more opportunities for a trip out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. Make sure you check her out when to trip out to Los Angeles. We'll talk to you guys again Monday morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Have a great weekend. See ya. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9.